When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast from the archives is with guest host Charlie Coiner and the late Wade Wilson. Wade was the quarterback's coach for the Dallas Cowboys. He worked with Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, and did an outstanding job there. This is a really good one from him. We discussed the two-minute drill and get into some details of that. Enjoy. We continue through the season with another episode of The Game Plan, and joining me is my guest host, Charlie Coiner. Charlie, always great to talk ball. Hey, Keith. Good to be here again. Got a great one coming up here for today's podcast. Absolutely. We're going to focus on the two-minute drill, and I think it's something becoming a bit of a, a lost art. I think we, we get so caught up in that we're up-tempo offenses, and then we think, talking high school and college level, that we can just go ahead and carry that into the two-minute situation. But what we're going to talk about with our guest here today is that there's a lot of detail and thought that has to go into this. And it's a, it's a separate segment of the, the game plan almost is the way you need to think about it. There, there's, there's no doubt. And, and, and our guest today, Wade Wilson, who got 30-some years as a quarterback in the NFL and coaching quarterbacks in the NFL, I met him back when we were at the Bears and he was coaching Rex Grossman and Kyle Wharton. And then he you know obviously has moved on and coached Tony Romo forever and Dak last couple of years and he came to mind just because of how closely in the NFL that quarterback coach and that quarterback work together and 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 I understand that uh, it may be a little bit different at the high school and college level you don't really maybe have someone that's working that close just with that one person but the thing that the detail is put into it at the NFL level is is such because almost every week the game ends with a two-minute or a four-minute drill. And I know that those are the guys that, that really study it inside and out. I think what happens sometimes in high school and maybe even in college, the games are decided by maybe a greater margin. And just because of that, I don't know that the emphasis is put into it. And also, in fairness to, to high school and college coaches, they don't have enough, enough time to put that uh, detail into it. But I think you're exactly right, Keith. You know, I see where they get to the end of the game sometimes, and it's almost like chickens with their head cut off. Yes, absolutely. And and this time of the year, I think this is a great discussion because we are getting down to crunch time. There's You're getting to, into your rivalry week where it doesn't matter. In a lot of those games, you could throw the record out. It's going to be a tight game regardless, or you're maybe playing for a conference championship or heading into the playoffs where the the margin for error becomes a, a lot tighter than maybe during the regular season where you know you're up against some opponents who you can beat hands down. So now when you have to think about some of these situations, it can make a difference. And it's great that we have somebody, like you said, at the NFL level, these guys study every 
tiny detail of the game. And I know we're going to be able to pick up some things uh, from Wade Wilson today. Yeah, Wade will be. This will be. This will be great because once again, Wade uh, not only has coached the position for a long, long time, but also played it. And and I've always thought that that. You know, and, and this is coming from someone that, that did not even play college football, talking about myself. I've always thought that a, a person that, particularly a quarterback, that actually played that position and was in that situation has so much to give to a, a, a another young quarterback that he's coaching in that same position. Well, let me run down Coach's experience here before we get him on, and, and we'll start with his experience as a player. So he was taken in the eighth round of the 1981 draft, He played for the Vikings, the Falcons, Saints, Cowboys, and Raiders, ending his playing career in 1999. And then he went on to become a coach, first with the Dallas Cowboys as the QB coach. He moved on in the same role with the Bears from 2004 to 2006. And then he was back with the Cowboys for a little over a decade there, 2007 to 2017, as the quarterback's coach. Obviously, he spent some time with Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, so some impressive players along the way. As a player, he was in the Pro Bowl in 1988 and was a Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl 30. So really excited to have him here. Let's get him on the line. Coach Wilson, we're honored to have you here on the podcast. Oh, well, okay. Y'all may need to raise your standards a little bit, but I'm happy to be with y'all. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Way well, good to have you. You know, every time you come to Texas, you know, you're always welcome in our house. So That's right. I, I, that's, that's why I always get to Dallas. So, <laughs> Well, wait, well, when when Keith and I were talking about this topic or, or bringing you on, what what jumped out at me was, you know, our, our time together, I was two years with uh, Lovey's first two years in Chicago when I got a right. chance to work around you and just I, I flash back to those days when that was a young Rex Grossman you were trying to kind of get ready to play and, and you had Kyle Orton that thankfully we had when Rex got hurt and we had us the one year I was there we had a pretty good year before I left yeah. Mr. Buffalo and uh, but I just remember you know just really as a quarterback position in the NFL it, it, it may be different it is a lot different than the high school game from a standpoint of how intricate maybe it can be but I also look at you from a standpoint of just working with a young quarterback and, and some of the things that go into a two-minute drill. Well, because, yeah, I mean, for me, first and foremost, is it has to be poise, composure, but with a sense of urgency. And what I tell, I've had Dak, I've had Romo, who was two years in the league, and then I've had Dak, who's a young guy. But stay within yourself. The common thread is what I've seen from young players, is they try to do more than what's asked of them. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm supposed to run a 17-yard comeback, but corner wasn't there, so I broke to the post. That's not what everybody else knows. So just don't do more within your job and stay within the system. Okay, and then as, as you look at that and you're preparing, let's say right now and put yourself in this situation – you're a high school coach, you're a college coach, and, and you're sitting there and you're looking up and you've got a uh, the, the very beginning of the season and you've got a young quarterback and you're in your meetings. Well, how, how do you approach that, Wade, as far as you're going to talk about two minutes? When you start organizing your quarterback's brain around how you're going to do a two-minute drill, do, do you break that down, I mean, by 
are you are you looking at throws to the sideline in one area? Looking at you, you've got timeouts where you have throws in the middle field. How how do you organize that? Well, everything is predicated on situation awareness, of course. How much time do you have? What's your objective? A field goal or a touchdown? How many timeouts do you have? So many things. Of what's the kicker's range? Things that gets talked about during the course of the week, and all those play a factor into you know, making decisions. I would say in this situation, this is what we like. And if we don't have any timeouts, we're working high lows on the boundary. And understanding that time is more important than yards sometimes. So you got to be prudent with the football and communicate and play with poise. Do, is there anything in a meeting, do you take the, the quarterback through video and show them a two-minute oh. situation and let them manage it from the seat, or how do you do that? Well, definitely. We actually practice our two minutes on Thursday, but we found it was better for us and for our defense if we practice against one one another and sort of carding that and throwing everything down and getting everybody lined up. So just play fast and apply your rules. But then on Saturday morning, we would have a report, a cut up, the tendencies. Do we want to pick on a specific player, uh, best formations, is it three by one, is it two by two, is it empty? All those things are given in. And then what's our best matchup? And we talk about our we take plays out of the game plan and specific to two minutes. And these are the plays we're gonna run. We wanna be in three by one, we're gonna run Witten on an option or we wanna throw a day to this or whatever whatever that is. But it was very, very specific on what we wanted to do in two minutes. Coach, when you look at today's high school offenses, today college offenses too, a lot of those guys are running an up-tempo offense throughout the game. And I've heard this argument from them that they don't put in a two-minute offense because they already have something like that. But I would contend there's there's a lot of things you need to address in those situations. Again, like you said, time being the most important factor rather than yards that maybe – need to be thought of outside of your normal up-tempo offense. Would you agree with that? Oh, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think it's still the same formations, probably the same protections, and basically kind of the same offense. But players need to know what the situation is and and what the rules are. I mean, the rules from each level is a little bit different. So just knowing that time is of the essence and you, get, you should – pair that down, you have your offense that's run throughout the course of the game, and some of those plays might carry over, but how you approach those plays might be different. Instead of trying to turn it up the field and gain five more yards other than getting out of bounds be a situation like that. When you think of um, practicing that, Coach, I know for me it, was, it would be something the college level we'd work that on a Thursday, very actually over the years, what time in practice, but we were going to have a couple periods there where we worked the two-minute drill. And early in the season, I would always call that for the quarterback and get him to understand the thought process. But as we got going and we had those, those periods, I would really leave it up to him to go ahead and orchestrate the offense. Do you think that's effective as far as trying to get your guys settled into that kind of stuff? Because as you mentioned before, poison and composure has to be a big part of this as well. I do think that's effective. And there again, I've been out of the game, college and high school game for 37 years. But I mean, with all, all I know is what I know is 
the coordinator can talk directly to the quarterback, so it makes things <laughs> so much easier. And the quarterback can do everything with hand signals and code words. So, I mean, it's very similar. But, yeah, practice. And if you have a quarterback that you trust and you have rehearsed this stuff and you talk through this stuff, I think that that's fantastic for him to take charge of that because our first, I guess, commandment in two minutes was believe. And to me, believe means you believe in your quarterback, you believe in your players, they know the situation, they're not panicked, they're not going to go crazy, and they know what it takes to win two minutes. And to me, if you have trust in that quarterback, then that's fantastic. Back, backing up to something we just talked about, to me, it, it could actually be a bigger challenge in high school, if you're in, in college, if you're running that offense the whole game, and now you've entered into the a, a new two-minute situation because just instinctively you are used to doing something over and over and over again, talking about the, the mobile quarterback that likes to pull that thing down and run with it, which might be great midway through the first quarter, but not so great in a two-minute drill. When you were when you were coaching Dak and great athlete and a great thrower, and I get it, he's a, a professional, but I mean, do you have to really start talking to him about, you know, this is not the time to get out there and, and go back to Mississippi State and exactly. try to do it with your legs? A lot of things that we talk about, and, you know, we get OTAs, and which would be similar to spring ball for high schools and college, but we tell the ball carrier not to fight for extra inches. So if you're getting into a pile, don't try to be the hero and bowl the pile over the game six inches. Tell the quarterback, do not run unless you run and pick up yards and get out of bounds or get a chunk play. With that being said, kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth, you like for the quarterback to create because sometimes those make big plays in the passing game. But you want to avoid negative plays. But if you're just going to run because the pressure's there, you're better off throwing the ball away unless, of course, it's third or fourth down or whatever. But to take a negative play or to run for two yards and eat up 40 seconds on the clock, that's something we talk about every Saturday. I can I can recall even at the NFL level that an emotional time of the game and and all of a sudden you're 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 rallying and you're moving the ball down the field too and, and you and you look up and here's a receiver who makes a great catch and decides to to flip the ball 20 yards down the field away from the referee and and they're ch- you know <laughs> you got a seventy year old man seventy year old man chasing the ball <laughs> every ball carrier, because the referees are about as old as I am now, every ball carrier is instructed to hand the ball to the referee, either that or take it back to the center and let the center hand it to the to the referee. But, yeah, you don't want to pitch the ball, you know, to, to a ref that may not catch it, and they don't switch the balls out in two minutes in the NFL. And if he goes chasing it, the, the clock's just running. So hand the ball to the official. And let's get ready for the next play. And while all that's happening, we're getting the signals, we're getting the line, the protections, and then everything else is just code words. Coach, when you're thinking about little things and, and some of these details, and again, going back to that situation where we're talking about the high school team who does this all the time, I, I see teams kind of making the mistake, especially with outside receivers, that they're in a situation, the clock's running, and these guys are, are – flying to the other side to try to line up on the opposite side of the field. Is that something you, you try to avoid, and how do you account for that in teaching and, and organizing the offense? 
Well, the more guys you have vertical down the field, is the opportunity for big plays. But if it's not a big play and dump it off to the back, then you got four guys running back 40 yards. And the clock is running, and it's a lot of wasted time. Now, if you have one guy going down, you can tap out, and everybody else can get lined up, and you can make a substitution. But, yeah, if you have guys way down the field, and that's another common mistake I see, especially early in the drive, trying to get everybody way down the field, and you dump it off to the back, and the clock runs, and now you've eaten up 30, 40 seconds out of the game clock. It's been an issue. That's interesting because in Chicago, before you got there, I can't remember, it was either the 49ers or Cleveland, one or the other, but we came up in my mind as I was thinking about this podcast. I don't recall how what routes we had on the outside, but one thing that, and, and John Shoup, we've had him on this podcast before, one thing I thought he was very good at with two-minute drills, and I saw it at North Carolina when I worked with him too, is that he was very patient, and, and you just brought that up, Wade, once again, I don't recall what we were doing with our outside receivers, but in that game I'm talking about against the 49ers or the Browns, we dumped that ball off to the back over top of the center, I want to say three straight times, for about 40 to 50 yards. We we were sitting there with the ability to throw the ball in the end zone pretty daggone quickly because of the patience. Of, I think Shane Matthews was the quarterback that year, but you just said it a little bit earlier, you, you see – not only, I think, players, not only quarterbacks, but also sometimes I think the coaches are are a little bit panic mode when they, they've got more time than they think. Yep, they grow impatient, and that would be one of the things that I would do Saturday mornings is that we take the last few games or the most pertinent two-minute situations and make a cut up of that, and this is what they like to do. This is their zone team or their pressure team when their backs are to the wall and all that kind of stuff. But I would also make a separate cut up and – show they were running all those special where you get vertical players down the field and they drop a, drop it off to the back and he would make 15 yards and said what other pass play can make 15 yards you know it's just like be patient just get a completion get the defense on their heels and then you go attack them coach when we take a look at two minute part of this that has to come into play and it maybe isn't as frequent as just getting out there and running the two minute are the last plays of the game. And, you know, a lot of time it's that Hail Mary play that's going to the end zone or maybe uh, one last play that gets you a chunk of yardage to try to get your guy in field goal range. Uh, I, I do think, again, going back to that idea of, of seeing poise and composure in those situations, I see a lot of teams get into that and they look frantic, you know, guys running around, not exactly knowing what to do. So how did you set that up within, you know, what you guys were going to do in last plays and then, how does how does that get organized into your practice as well? Okay, well, that is definitely a major emphasis in uh, training camp. And I realize we have a lot more time than high schools and colleges do, but that is something that's very rehearsed. And then for the end-of-game situations, we don't really practice those live or didn't practice those live. That line up and go but then on Saturday we do it in a walkthrough situation to make sure every Saturday we did that where they lined up they knew where to go it's three by one you know we had a front guy a jumper and a back guy and then Des coming from the backside. so it just has to get rehearsed and has to be an emphasis and early that's what separates winning and losing almost every week if you look at games it's just like a two-minute drive either wins or loses it for you and 
say the same thing for the defense, but I mean, they need to defend that, but it is very, very well rehearsed. So we get a live two minutes against our defense on Thursday, and then we get a walkthrough through situations and what they do on Saturday. And we, we'll get these drawn up, but I know there are different versions out there. Most of the time you, you have a Hail Mary, and, and some people have two or three different versions of a Hail Mary, but you've also got where you've got two plays Maybe you want to get one to get you in position to throw the Hail Mary. Let's start back and let's say that you're, you're going down and you're trying to get in position and you do have a timeout. In other words, you can throw the ball to the middle field. What, what was your favorite route to go to to get yourself in Hail Mary position? I would love a three-by-one with number one running the, like for us, it was a 17-yard dig, number two running the vertical route, and number three running – some kind of route underneath just to try to draw flies or whatever, draw the linebackers up and then try to hit deep dig for a route in the middle of the, uh, the middle of the field. If you have a timeout, that's huge. That was some, but then if you don't have timeouts or if you're trying to preserve timeouts, then any kind of high-low on the boundary, whether it's a smash route or a corner route with somebody in the flat, just somebody to get a high-low, or you can get an easy completion if you're playing zone. And if you get man, then you may have a, a big play over the top of them to catch and get out of bounds. So those are some of the concepts that we use. What were both of those three by one? Yeah, I mean, but we had versions of both of those in three by one or two by two. But that would be part of our study going in to to the week. We would all right. We like just high low and three by one. Are we not getting two by two this week? So that was very very established before the game. What now? Would you automatically get right to ten personnel, or would you leave Witten in, or or how, no, how, how does that go? Witten didn't leave the field. I think for ten years when I coached in Dallas, I think he not <laughs> left the field twice. And when he was mad. <laughs> but no, and then the other play. I mean, if you have time, was Witten on an option and with throws down the field, but him on the option underneath, so you have the chance to take your peek down the field. If not, Witten's going to win. And he may not win by much, but he's going to catch the ball. And, right. And get back to the line of scrimmage, and here we go. But, you know, he was a phenomenal player, and him and Romo had a great chemistry. And I mean, we played a playoff game against Detroit, not to get off the substitute, but we need to get down to field goal range in two minutes. And Witten runs the option. If he gets, you know, inside leverage, he's going to nod the guy and break in. I mean, break out. He's going to hook up in zone, and he's got a DB covered him. And he fakes out against inside leverage and comes in, almost sees him and hits him, and uh, puts us in field goal range, and we win the game. So, another playoff game. So, <laughs> just chemistry and communication and body language and all those things are very important. But, you know, just to reiterate, communication, you know, situation awareness, hustle, all those things are, are huge in two minutes. When, on your on your final play, now let's say we when I was at Buffalo, we had two different versions of this. We had, and we would actually practice that, like you said, against our defense. But we had one where it was kind of like the four, the four in the middle of the field, all jumping up, and then we had one over in the corner, and then the the lone receiver to the backside would always be an option for the you know the quarterback if they if they thought they had it, a one on one deal over there. Is that is that what you're used to running also? Yep, and those are three different calls for us. We had three by one where you know, everybody runs down and meets in the corner of the end zone. We had it two by two 
And that was usually for quarterbacks that didn't want to throw the ball on the outside because they'd throw it out of bounds or out of the end zone to protect the quarterback rating. And, and then we had the uh, other one where three by one. And if you have a stud backside receiver like we had in Dez, if they overplay the three by one, and if you got one on one, throw it up to him, let him try to make a play. It's as good as anything else you got. So, but those are all very well rehearsed, not live, but. And Saturday walkthrough. Well, that, that's the thing with, and remember, it, it, it is a key play, and, and we would do it in, in Buffalo the same as you're talking. But you, you just never would, you never would do it live, obviously, because you don't want all that, all of that salary jumping up and down on each other on a <laughs> on a walkthrough. But yeah, at, at some point in the game when it really goes up there, it, and it's just amazing every year. I don't, I don't know if I've seen it this year. But it is just amazing every year how people come down with them. And, and, and oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, Green Bay's got the prescription for that. <laughs> One funny story uh, for our Saturday walkthroughs. I mean, we do the Hell Mary, and the defense would rush the re and defend and all that stuff. So trying not to get people hurt. You know, as soon as the quarterback would stand back there for a couple of seconds, he would pitch it to our guard, and the guard would throw the Hell Mary. And, of course, they would never get there. <laughs> Yeah, so nobody could be hurt. <laughs> so, Kyle Kozier was the uh, was the designated thrower, and of course, at sixty yards to the end zone, he threw it about thirty five. But nobody got hurt. There you go, Coach. What what would you do in the in the situations that you were really deep? Whatever. There's there's six seconds to go, and you're you're on your own twenty. Is there anything different you're looking at in that situation? I, I know that's almost an impossible one, but Something to give yourself a chance to to maybe break a tackle or something like that. Is there anything different you would think about beyond the the hail mary type play? Yeah, if if we were way backed up and we couldn't reach the end zone, then we had the Stanford band play, but it was kind of designed and trying to throw a hook to Des. Des would pitch it to the running back. The running back would flip it to the receivers, and then after that, it became kind of a playground foot, football play, but. At least it gives you a chance, and that was something that was rehearsed as well. So I mean, you have one, you hope you're not in those situations, of course, but it is something that's worked on in training camp. It's one that's hitting Saturday practice about every two or three weeks just to you know, make sure you got the right guys on the field and what everybody's supposed to do, what their landmarks are, and all those kind of things. But it is a design play, and we do have a name for it. Coach Wilson, we appreciate you taking time here, and, and Charlie, thanks for arranging for him to be on. I appreciate being on, and I'm sorry that our game's a little bit different than the other parts of the game, the rules and everything else, And but there's still some common threads. Just play with composure, play with a sense of urgency, and go down and win the game. Wait, before we let you off here, I just want to ask the question. I think I know the answer to this, but – as far as playing years in the NFL, that quarterback, and coaching quarterbacks in the NFL, is that you or is somebody else out there got more than you? Charlie, I really don't know the answer. I have not seen <laughs> How many is it total? How many is it total for you? I think it's 36 or 7. I don't even know. So, well, I think you probably got it. <laughs> well, all I know, it's been a heck of a ride, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And coming out of a little town in Texas and going to a little college and being a Eighth-round draft choice, which would be a free agent today, has been a blessing of a ride. Yeah, you've made the most of it, no doubt about that. Man, thanks a lot for coming on and talking ball with us today. 
You bet, Charlie. We'll talk to y'all, Keith. Thanks. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Well, Coach, as we said in the introduction here, there's certainly a lot of detail that goes into this section of the game plan. And at the NFL level, at the, the college level, there's 58 minutes of the game maybe that this doesn't apply to. But but now, like we said, crunch time, you got to make, make something happen here. You got to put points on the board to win. You certainly want to pay attention to detail. I think that uh, after listening the way the the thing that jumped out to me, Keith, is that okay, we went into it understanding that that it is maybe a different game from a standpoint of how much time you have with the quarterback and that. But but if you listen to Wade talk, some of the common themes that came back up, he's talking about execution, he's talking about poise, he's talking about hustle and effort. All of those type of things, it doesn't matter if you're coaching Pop Warner or if you're coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that that kind of jumped out and, and the point about offense is now already running a similar system to that, a lot of them, that, that's a positive thing because you don't necessarily have a new set of plays that you have to practice. To me, it's just if you're in high school, it's finding what are the three or four, maybe five plays that are what you need to be running in a situation with a timeout, without a timeout, and, and all the other factors that go into the last two minutes. And I do think it's that small package. You probably could get by, like you said, the high school level three or four. I know at the college level we use six, and I really like the point that Coach made. That they, they do a lot of this just on air and walk through. And when you think about it, especially this point in the year, our players – don't necessarily need to practice at going and making more plays. They're going to do that. We know their abilities. We know what they can do. So obviously we want them to go out and and do those things when the game's on the line. But this is a mental process as well, and especially for that quarterback understanding how it's going to work. And I would encourage coaches to look at, especially as you scale back, can you put an extra period or two of, of your two-minute drill in where your guys can essentially – go through the the procedures of running it. I know I would always steal time during special teams where there was a lot of defensive players out there, and I'd take just our receivers. I wouldn't interrupt our line. I'd take our receivers and the quarterback and take them even on a small part of the field and kind of just do a simulated walkthrough. They would they would kind of half speed or even jog their routes, and then he would just practice getting them lined up, making his calls real quick, So now they're getting used to the procedures, and I think there's a lot of value in doing that. And and I also agree with Coach, even we don't have guys with multi-million dollar contracts up on top of each other, but our players are valuable to us too, and we certainly don't want to lose them in a period that's designed to just work procedures because everybody's getting tangled up for the ball. And another point, Keith, is that it's, it's easy to say, I don't have enough time, this is not the NFL, but it's all relative. You, you sit there and you look at it every week in the NFL. You look at the game last year. Um, I, I believe it was it the Vikings that beat uh, New Orleans, I guess, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a, you've got a two-minute situation like that. DB lowers his head, misses a tackle. And, and so I, I guess where I'm going with this is that if you spend a little bit of time with your quarterbacks and maybe your receivers during some special teams deal – that they were not going to be involved in, you're probably putting more time into the two-minute situation than the defense is. 
because they've got that same situation where they're used to playing spread offenses the whole game and maybe the ball is being thrown all over, but they don't, they're maybe not being coached up on a picket fence type defense. It's going to try to keep your players in bounds. And so uh, once again, everything's relative. If you've gotten the extra work into the two minute drill and you need it, odds are that you're probably going to have a great chance of success at that level. Definitely, Charlie. And I know you're going to get some of these drawn up for us for our show notes here, as well as on your website. Website. We'll get them up on the Coaches Community website at blog.firstdownplaybook.com. Charlie, I look forward to our next episode of The Game Plan. We've had some great guests here, and I'm excited about some of the guys we have in the future, too. So everybody keep tuning in. Uh, Best of luck here this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Keith. Good luck to everybody out there. It's on a playoff drive right now. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please stay tuned. New episodes are coming soon. We're recording those now as we speak, and we'll be airing those on November 1st. In the meantime, we're going to have some great podcasts here from the episode with a couple things sprinkled in here. Stay tuned for some news on what's going on with the podcast. You're really going to enjoy what we have in plan for you for the future. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski. And if you're enjoying the podcast, head over to Spotify or iTunes and click five star for rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It helps the podcast and we really appreciate it.